Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and as ever I'm joined by Greg for a look ahead to this week's betting action Scotland. How's things Greg? Yeah, doing very well thanks. Just um, taking in the um, Champions League scores tonight and I think as we record it's just finished at Ibrox and it's 7-1 to Liverpool. Yeah, probably the less said about Scottish football teams in Europe at the moment, the better. We've still got um, Hearts to go to Italy tomorrow night as we record this. Yeah, it's been a grim campaign, hasn't it? Really grim. There was high, yeah. high hopes at the start of the season. Both Glasgow clubs in Champions League action, Hearts flying the flag in the Conference League. But it's been a disaster, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been tough. And we're delighted to be joined uh, for a second time this season by our uh, bookie, our resident bookie. And that's Paul Petrie from mcbookie.com. How's things, Paul? Yeah, good, Paul. Hi, Greg. Glad you could invite me back on. I always enjoy these podcasts. Always a pleasure, Paul. Uh, as I say, this is the first time you've been on, I think, since we recorded our anti-post um, podcast at the beginning of the season. Uh, I was just going to ask you how how things are shaping up from an anti-post market and which, as a, if any, which teams are causing you some concern at this stage, <laughs> the anti-post betting? Well, Falkirk were the team that we we laid the most at the start of the season. We started the league well, so we were a little bit worried about it. They then fell off, so we thought, oh, we might get a result here, but they've, they've, they've looked to turn their season back around, so it looks as if it's between them and Dunfermline for, for that League One, so hopefully the Pars will manage to, to win that to to save us a bit, a bit, a bit of money. Thankfully, the championship has been a bit of a nightmare for punters so far this season. We'll discuss that a little bit tonight in some of the selections that I'm going to be putting up. And and Bonnie Rig Rose were the, the main selection for most punters in, in League Two. And it, it looks like they're struggling to, to make an impact in there so far. So we might get a result on that. The only one that's really concerning us at the moment is, is Falkirk. Yeah, I mean, I don't suppose you'd have taken much money on Edinburgh and Dumbarton leading uh, Leagues One and League Two at this stage. No, definitely not. I mean, although Dumbarton were obviously relegated from from League One, so you you, you always expect them to to be popular. But but no, not too many people got involved in them. Edinburgh are still a big price actually. So if you fancy them to manage to to, to keep up there for the rest of the season, you'll you'll still get some value. But um, and Spoke. I do think it's between. It's a great story that isn't it? Because I would have had them bottom four quite comfortably, and I don't think anybody would have had money on them to win the week. Maybe don't, a couple of diehard fans potentially. Don't bite, Greg. <laughs> Spoken like a true bookie, you can still get a good price on Edinburgh. Yep. <laughs> Thanks very much for that. Uh, yeah, we'll cover that shortly. Um, they're obviously doing pretty well, so uh, we'll get to that shortly as we go through the leagues. As ever, we're going to have a, a look ahead to the games in Scotland, covering the games in the Premiership, and then have a look at the, the lower divisions. Uh, before we do, Greg, it's been quite a good week again. We had a good podcast last week um, in terms of the tips that we included on the, the Scottish podcast. Yeah, we're having a fantastic season and a fantastic month in October. I think week on week now on a Saturday, we're delivering some really good winners. Yeah, the Nap one last weekend, Elgin goals last weekend. We had goals at Clive Montrose came in. Goals at Stenhouse Muir also landed. We had a Rangers Falkirk Corners double on the channel. We had Mansfield Corners, obviously, who are our Corners champions this season for us. Yeah. Uh, we also advised to lay hearts at Kilmarnock, which I think was the right thing to do. Finished 2 all, And we highlighted Aberdeen's away day frailties. Uh, two wins in 22. And they got United and get battered 4-0. So, yeah. so that one shortly. But yeah, it's been a fantastic it's been a fantastic month. And I think we're 25 points or 25 units up for October. Which is sensational. So yeah, it's been a really good week, a really good week and a good month. Yeah, I should also point out I think it's 120 points for the season so far, profit. So well done to everyone who's followed you since the beginning of this season so far. Yeah, I think based on a 25 unit stake, over three thousand pound profit. And it's always nice to get profit up early doors. And uh, I think we're going for eight profitable one months in a row now and we're well on track to do that so yeah really pleased yeah and Paul's just about to shut your McBookie account I think isn't he <laughs> I think he is actually <laughs> yeah that's a separate conversation you guys need to have I think uh, okay we've got loads to look forward to so let's get stuck in uh, Saturday we've got four games we've got two on Sunday in the Premiership uh, partly because Hearts are in action tomorrow night and the other game is Motherwell v Rangers, which is live on TV. We'll kick off with Celtic's uh, game against Hibernian. Celtic 
fair to say they're struggling for a wee bit of form at the moment, Greg. Obviously, they've had some really tough weeks, um, uh, midweek European action, um, and injuries are starting to take a wee bit of toll on the squad. Callum McGregor, obviously, the big miss. Cameron Carter-Figgers has been out, although he's made a, a really good return to the squad. Jota missed out in midweek. Abada looks to have picked up a wee knock. And I suppose questions are starting to be asked as to whether Celtic have got the strength and depth that we thought they had at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think the fact that they started the season off so well is probably why people are questioning it now. They, they haven't been doing well, as you say, but they're still getting the job done domestically, albeit they absolutely got out of jail last yeah. Saturday. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because they're playing St Johnston. Well, in fact, I am. <laughs> but very, very fortunate to to get the three points in the way they did. Dre Wright limped up, turned his back on the ball, and ball goes in the box, and they get the three points. Don't get me wrong, Celtic missed some good chances, but I felt we were worthy of a point, and it was bitterly disappointing to, to lose that late, late goal. But Celtic got the three points in... Another disappointing night for them last night in Europe, Celtic. I don't think they played that badly. Maybe a bit wasteful. And yeah. I guess the old saying they've been punished, really, haven't they? Yeah. In European football this season, Celtic. But back in home soil against a Hib side who, I have to say, their luck ran out at Tannadice last night. They have had a really good season, to be fair, for them so far, Hibs. A lot of good fortune along the way. I think I highlighted their um, red cards against stats yesterday, played mm. nine, and there's been five matches in which they've played against nine, ten men, sorry. And all those sending-offs impacted the result in that Hibs were, weren't leading in any of those matches until the sending-off. But they have been playing well. They were unlucky last night in the fact that they scored a really good goal that was disallowed incorrectly. And it's quite fitting that uh, VAR comes into play a week on Friday when Hibs hosted Johnson, so that'll be interesting. Uh, get your money on a St. Johnson red card in that match. <laughs> but in terms of the markets for this game, I thought Hibs were pretty big at 12-1 to 1 to win this match, given that Hibs are sitting in third in pretty decent form. I think that they were unlucky last night, but I have mentioned Hibs' corners this season, and they've been fantastic, and they're still leading the way on the corners front in the Scottish Premiership. Yeah. 8.6 per game. And away from home, they've hit almost 11 corners per match. 9 14 10, 11 and 10. Now, I'm not suggesting they're going to go to Celtic Park and rack up double figures, but I'm fairly confident they can go there and hit four. And given the price there at 12 to 1, there's a fair chance we've got a backable single on hips to hit um, four or more corners. And Celtic have conceded 3, 6, 4 and 4 in their four home games this season. So, given the pace of Hibs, very, very good chance we'll get a backable Hibs corners place. Yeah, Celtic corners was a mainstay of the podcast last season, Greg, but they're not quite hitting the same numbers this time around. No, there's not. The last month or so, probably best team clear of Celtic corners, actually. Mm. Not doing that great at all. They've still been hitting some decent numbers, but nowhere near what they were hitting at the start of the season. And it's really Hibs that are the, the team to watch out for in the corners. From They had another 10 last night against uh, Dundee United and I appreciate the score impacts that they're chasing the game at 1-0 down but they'll be chasing the game you'd imagine on, on Saturday so yeah, yeah over 3.5 corners for Hibs in this match for me yeah okay uh, Paul there's a two point gap at the top of the table at the moment I see Celtic are still short at 1-3 to three to win the league are you still taking money on the outright markets or as people find some value in Rangers at 23-10 to with McBookie I mean, again, it's it's people putting them in accumulators now for the throughout the season, putting them into to when they're doing their World Cup bets, maybe adding in Celtic and, and Brazil, Celtic and, and Argentina, hoping to 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 increase the price of the rackets. No mm-hmm. one's really getting involved in it from a single singles point of view. I mean, obviously, Celtic start the season really impressively, as as you've just said, they've, they've fallen away a little bit in terms of their form, but they're they're still in, still getting the. The, the wins, but unfortunately Rangers aren't putting any any pressure on them from a uh, from a performance point of view, uh, based on the fact that again they've just been hammered seven one a night. I still don't think the Rangers fans are too impressed with the way that Van Bronckhurst has got his got his team set up, how he's how he's playing, how he's picking his squad. Obviously they had a great result against against Hearts uh, a couple of weeks ago, and then had a victory. Um, on, on Saturday as well against St Mirren. So so they are getting the job done to an extent, but they're, they're, they're just not as impressive as they were when when they won the league. Um, and uh, and I think that's why people are still siding with Celtic. In terms of Saturday, any 
Is there any case to be made for Hibs going to Celtic Park and winning? I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, again, everybody's expecting, even though Celtic have struggled in their, their last couple of games, everybody's still expecting them to, to score goals. They, they, they did start the game um, in, in Europe really well. They missed a couple of chances. It could have been also different. Um, they missed a couple of chances against St. Johnson. It could have well just been when they, they, they scored nine against Dundee United and they were scoring these other big wins that they were taking those chances. So yeah. there is every possibility that Celtic could hit two or three in the first half and then it, it ends up being a being a really easy game. Um, people will be backing them at, at four to six minus one on the handicap. They'll be backing them to, to score three or four three or more goals, four or more goals. So I think people will still be siding with Celtic in this game. Yeah, I think that's the thing, Paul. I think uh, if Celtic weren't creating chances, then it'd be some serious concern. But it's not, you know, they are still dominating games, especially domestically, creating chances. They're just not taking them. And as yeah. we seen it, as we seen at Tannadice that day, if they do take them, then they could hand out a beating. Yeah, uh, yeah, again, quite easily. So just yeah. got some prices in the corners for Hibs. They're just out. So Hibs to get three corners is four to nine, which I think is very attractive and even money over three point five corners for Hibs. So happy to back that evens. Yeah, and as you say, they're averaging over 10 per game away from home. So, yeah, that, you've got to give that some serious consideration. OK, that probably looks like the best angle in that one. We'll have a quick look at Livingston v St. Johnson. Greg, are you heading along to the Tony Macaroni? For my sins, yes, I will be there on Saturday. You'll be um, uh, hoping to maintain. You've got a pretty good record there, haven't you? Yeah, we do OK, Livy, actually. Pretty disappointing week. Obviously, we lost at Kilmarnock really disappointing performance but we did perform well in that second half against Celtic last weekend so I think that's always the case playing either side of the old firm that you're looking not to be hammered stay competitive and just move on to the next game it's quite a sad indictment really but that's just the way it is in the Scottish Premiership uh, no harm done and we go to Livy 3-1 which I think is a very very decent price Livy evens there's not a lot between these two sides so I'm very surprised to see Livy clear clear favourites at even money um, there's probably not an angle here for me, but I'd like to mention Ryan McGowan, who has moved into midfield and since doing so has been booked in four consecutive games. I mentioned him on the channel on Saturday morning to be booked against Celtic and he really was at 9-4. And Liam Gordon is back playing centre-half club captain. He is also racking up some bookings, so would not be surprised to see Ryan McGowan and Liam Gordon pick up a card, and as Paul knows as well, Livy also like a card. They've got plenty of candidates, and I think um, Paul and I speak quite a lot about Livy cards, and they've got that many candidates, you always pick the wrong one. <laughs> usually there's Devlin, there's Hull, Fitzpatrick, is it Fitzpatrick? Fitz... It is, yeah, Jack Fitzpatrick. Yeah, so there's, there's three or four uh, candidates at Livingston, but a really tough game to call. I don't see there being many goals in this match. It looks a 1 0 somebody, I'd say. Yeah, as is often the case with St. Johnston, to be <laughs> fair. <laughs> Kevin Clancy's the referee in Saturday. Paul St. Johnston are the dirtiest team in the Premiership. I'll say it since Greg can't quite get the words out. Uh, cards, <laughs> cards are a good angle for you? Well, we're touching on just with the cards, but a controversy at the weekend over. Uh, the cards in that Celtic St. Johnson game and I was discussing with Greg earlier on uh, on the week. Now, Liam Gordon was booked but the press association who actually dictate who the bookies settle on and, and who push it out to all the media that then all the websites then report on put up Halberg as the player that was that was booked. Now, it didn't actually show you on Sky the referee showing who the card was was presented to. So Sky said it was Liam Gordon, but it could easily have been Halberg who was booked in that situation. So all the bookies paid out on Halberg. And obviously anyone who backed Liam Gordon, Liam Gordon were, were rightly furious because it looked as if it was him that was booked. Mm-hmm. Now, as it was, I backed Liam Gordon to be carded with, with Betfair. And much to their credit, they paid me out three days later um, now, as I said to Greg, we paid out on both because we knew there was a bit of controversy. But it's just the attitude with the bookmakers in, in, in these situations. Uh, we, we, it's difficult for us as well because if you've not seen the game, you could only go on on, yeah. on the stats and, and what have you. In this situation, obviously, it's a live game, so so we can treat it quite differently. But it's just, it's just arrogance isn't the right word, but it's just the, the lack of empathy of the fact that they might have made a mistake and the fact that yeah. you're using the press association to 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 settle a market. I remember a great story once. Um, 
obviously we write that the in the in the daily record we put up tips for for first goal scorer in, in the in the daily record and and we tipped up a, a guy to score a goal and he didn't actually score the goal um but the press association did did give him it and the customer took us to ibas and ibas found in the customer's favor because the rules were that we would go with whoever the press association uh, said that was the winner so and ibas actually said in in the ruling Yes, you are paying out on a loser, but your rule dictates that you have the ability to pay out on a loser. Um, And and it made us change our rules in that situation to say that if there was an obvious error in the the, the announcement of the goal scorer and now cards. Cards is even harder than scorers now because... It, they're, they're, they're easily just flashed from, from referees and you don't see who's done it it could happen in the tunnel that you then don't see so you then got think, the issue Paul with players being booked on the bench who come on that, that I, had a real issue, I had a real issue with Skybet um, about two or three months ago it was a Motherwell Sligo was it Motherwell Sligo qualifier yeah. and there was a Motherwell player booked on the bench he came on every other bookie paid it out because he came onto the field of play but Skybet just refused point blank refused yeah, yeah. Tricky one, isn't it? I mean, the, the, now that card markets are so popular, I do think that the bookmakers are maybe going to have to, to, to look at the rules and, and maybe play it a little bit differently. It's not an argument to use the governing body eventually as your point of... But again, the governing body go by the press association as well, Paul. But so sure they... for Ebus to submit a report. But then again, what happened? I mean, obviously, I didn't take it that far. But some punters were emailing in St. Johnson and asking who got booked. And fair mm-hmm. play to St. Johnson. They replied back to the, the, the punter and confirmed it was Liam Gordon. But again, that's three or four days later, Paul. So yeah, the punter yeah, then yeah, has to yeah. wait three or four days later. And, and then what happens to the punters that have backed Halberg? Do you then take the money off them? Because again, you've paid out on a... You, you've paid out on a, a, well, a I had losing both. bet I as had a winner. I had Halberg and Liam Gordon. <laughs> just, just to be safe. <laughs> I never got paid out, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one, Paul, and I do have some sympathy for the bookies in that instance, especially on these markets and the, the card markets. It's really, It really can be difficult. As I say, I think the bookmaker though, should, rather than say he wasn't booked, should say, listen, our rules are this. We totally understand that you might feel frustrated in this situation. If we could get other evidence that that says who was booked, then we we may look at it again, rather yeah. than just just saying, yeah, I've spoke to the traders and he wasn't booked, and it's like, well, he was booked, and you don't know for a certain that he wasn't booked because it didn't actually show who was carded on the on the TV. So unless your uh, unless your trader was actually at the game and seen exactly who the referee put the yellow card to, then at least show at least just show some empathy that you might have got it wrong. Yeah, and fair play to you. I mean, you do did in that instance show some empathy, but there's uh, yeah, there's cer- certain bookies that we know, Greg, that certainly wouldn't do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, any other angles for you in this one, Paul? As Greg says, I think just on a pure price point of view, three to one St Johnson is is too big. There's nothing between these teams at the 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 bottom of the table. They could all beat each other on on any given day. I got my fingers burnt a couple of weeks ago by back in. St. Johnson against Kilmarnock in, in the midweek game, purely based on price. So I'll no doubt get my fingers burnt again this weekend <laughs> when I back them a three to one. Uh, yeah, and St. Johnson have only lost one in the last six meetings between the sides. So yeah, that three to one looks a fairly decent option for us there. Uh, next up, we've got Ross County v Dundee United. Two massive wins for Dundee United. Paul, uh, it's lifted them off the table, albeit just on goal scored. I think uh, almost more importantly than two wins are two clean sheets for Dundee United, which they've really struggled with this season defensively. Yeah, and uh, I mean that's put um, that's put Ross County now as favourites to finish bottom in the in the Premiership. Uh, Dundee United were favourites before their their victory against Hib. So again, this match will have a, a massive bearing on on the pricing to finish bottom, as will that that Livingston St Johnson game because they're all they're all uh, around the bottom of the bottom of the table and, and around the head of the market. So uh, I think it's. I mean, Jack Ross must be sitting there thinking, what have you done the United players done to me? I mean, uh, clearly down tools playing for Jack Ross. They've, they've lifted their, their performances up um, for, for the new manager. Um, and that's a very winnable game for them. 
Yeah, it looks like it. And Greg, they've got a really good record in this fixture. They've won seven, drawn two, and lost just one of the last ten meetings with Ross County. Yeah, they do. And I think Ross County will be happy just to get a win on the board last weekend at Livingston. That was a massive win for them. Because what happened last weekend was there was real danger that Ross County, Kilmarnock and Dundee United were going to be a bit detached yeah. in the bottom three. But my goodness, it's tightened right up now. Really, really tight in the league between even bottom and well into the top six. I think Dundee United are only five points off the top six. So that just goes to show how tight the league is. Um, Dundee United 21 to 10. Um, as a Jim Delahunt special, I think he'll be all over that on Saturday. I was surprised if he's not. It's a very, very good price for a side who, as Paul said, two clean sheets, two massive wins against two sides fighting top three and who are scoring goals. Yeah. So they'll, they'll be delighted to keep the clean sheet and they'll go to Ross County on Saturday full of confidence. Uh, a massive, massive four days. I can't emphasize enough how it fascinates me how quickly things can change. Yes, but days, have gone from bottom of the league, all doom and gloom at Tanadice, and now tails are up and they're looking for three, bo- three wins in the bounce. Yeah, and I think the big problem for Ross County is scored, what, 47 goals last season? Only Hearts, Rangers and Celtic scored more than them. This season they've only scored five and ten, which is the lowest tally across the four divisions in Scotland. So scoring, scoring goals are a big season, problem. We? we said yeah. that they lost Charles Cook and they lost a few other players. And they weren't going to be the same team they were last season. So it's no surprise for me to see Ross County struggling. I think in terms of the angle for this match, I do think the 21 to 10 attractive for United, as is double chance. But as I tipped last night on the channel, Dundee United corners pretty solid recently. They hit an R5 last night, despite going up quite early on 1-0. And I'll be looking at a corners angle for this match that I'll share on the channel. Okay. Uh, moving on to the last game on Saturday in the Premiership, which is St Mirren v Kilmarnock. St Mirren had been on a great run. Uh, they went to Ibrox with a few injury problems, I think, Greg, and ended up losing 4 now. Uh, no great surprise there. I don't suppose they'll be looking to pick things up again with the visit of Kilmarnock. Yeah, I think we had Dev on last weekend. I think Dev said that he doesn't remember St Mirren creating so many chances at Ibrox in a long, long time. I think they ruined his... Rangers handicap in the corners bet I think it was 7-1 at one point and it finished 8-5 <laughs> so a pretty comfortable win last weekend but I guess it was a free hit for St Mirren last weekend but this is a massive game though 19-20 for St Mirren back in home soil Kilmarnock as we've said before do most of their good work at Rugby Park and when I say that I think they've collected all their points at Rugby Park this season all eight so really struggling away from home I think this has got a draw written all over it. And for me, it's not a match to be getting involved in. Oft. Paul? No, I wouldn't be getting involved in it myself. Um, I mean, people were having a Twitter argument at the start of the season of who would finish higher between St Mirren and Kilmarnock. I mean, we actually had St Mirren a shorter price to finish bottom. Um, not because we specifically fancied St Mirren to finish lower than, than Kilmarnock, but it was based on the prices of all the other bookmakers. We still were short as price Kilmarnock to to finish bottom of the league, but obviously we can't be out of line too much in the, in these anti post markets. So there was quite a strong Twitter debate over over who would finish who would finish lower, and and certainly St Mirren are, are looking like that they, they they're going to be challenging for the top six. If there is that one space available, it, it could be them. And and this this is a game that if they are going to make that top six, then they need to be picking up the three points. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I see St Mirren are now 22-1 to finish bottom, Paul, which speaks volumes for how well they've done in recent weeks. Yeah, definitely. And, and as you were saying, they're putting a decent performance against Rangers. Uh, they're picking up picking up some good points. So this is this is a winnable game for them. No point in beating Celtic then if you can't then beat Kilmarnock. So I think that's 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 something that that, yeah. that the manager will need to need to get into their mindset. Very true. Uh, moving on to Sunday, we've got Rangers at uh, Motherwell. How do Rangers pick themselves up after a 7-1 Mullen tonight, Paul? Well, I mean, thankfully they're used to it in terms of their performances in Europe and then having to pick themselves up. So they've got that going for them. But I think I think this is a particularly sore one for, for Van Bronckhurst. Uh, I still don't think he has any real idea of what his best team is. Uh, I think the signings that he's brought in, bar Kolak, have, have, haven't really been any good. Um so it's just he's just dare I say he's lucky that the the that the the 
the gulf between the rest of the teams in the Scottish Premiership is 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 so high that there's enough quality in the squad to keep on to keep on getting results. Uh, Motherwell have had good performances against uh, against Rangers in the past. Um, so if they, if they're up for the game, they might they might cause them some some problems. But uh, no, it's a, it's not a, again it's not a game I'd be I'd be getting involved in. I mean, notice Motherwell are now are now only fifteen to two to win that game. Uh, I'm pretty sure there were a double figure price earlier on earlier on in the day. So there's there's been a small small nibble for them already based on based on that result tonight. So uh, um, get, again, if anything, I'd be getting involved in the card markets. Always like getting involved in the 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 TV games and and, and the card markets and, and back in the the home side against Rangers or Celtic because usually there'll be um, the, the, there'll be some cards in that game. Unbelievably tonight, Rangers, despite a 7-1 hammering, did not get a single booking. That would have killed a lot of lines tonight. Oh, not a well, single booking. I mean, the referee did look like he was being quite lenient as opposed to as opposed to not many tackles going in. There were a That's couple of fine, Paul, but it does not suit us. No, 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 no <laughs> definitely not. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it was a it was a pretty limp performance in terms of Battle of Britain as such, uh, and they weren't really throwing their weight about and putting in some some tasty tackles which you would expect them to do. Yeah, and just on that card angle, David Dickinson's the ref on Sunday. He's got the second highest card uh, average at the moment, five point six cards based on his three games so far, Greg. Yeah, and I think as a motherwell team, you've got to be looking to exploit a wounded ranger side on Sunday. And I would imagine that Motherwell will be trying to get right in about them from the kickoff. Um, it's a tough game, obviously. Rangers weren't the three favourites. I don't think anyone's expecting anything but a Rangers win. But it's not a bad time to play them. Or you could say they'll then put a performance in Rangers off the back of tonight's defeat. Um, Motherwell struggled recently, but they have had a tougher results. They played Hearts, Celtic, beat Ross County f- f- emphatically last week, last midweek, 5-0. And they lost at Hibs, 1-0. I think they were well in that game. Easter Road last week, went down to 10 men as most teams do against Hibs <laughs> um, but I think for me, potential cards angle and a potential corners angle that I'll share in the channel Okay, yeah, I think it looks like a tricky game to get an angle out of two ways of looking at it, as you say, Motherwell will be wounded, sorry, Rangers will be wounded after tonight um, but you'd fully expect them to bounce back, but just a wee bit too short at 1-3 to get on side, probably. Uh, game of the weekend could be at Pataudry. Greg Aberdeen at home to Hearts. Hearts have got a really tricky tie tomorrow night in Italy against uh, Fiorentina. They got a bit of a run around last weekend, so I dare say it's going to be a tough night for them in Italy as well. It's going to be a tough night all round, regardless of what the score is. They are 20-1 to to win tomorrow night, Hearts. And that just shows you how little faith the bookies have in Hearts going to Italy and getting anything. I can't believe they're as big as 20-1. Fiorentina obviously bossed them last weekend at Tynecastle, but I think the Fiorentina manager's under a bit of pressure now. They got hammered 4-1, 4-0, sorry, on Monday night um, at home. He's definitely under pressure. Fully expecting a home win in this match, but it's quite interesting that they're as big as 20-1. Then you factor in the travel, which is not ideal. We speak about this a lot, a lot this season, with teams playing on a Thursday night, playing on a Sunday. Then you factor in the fact they're playing an Aberdeen side who were woeful last weekend. Um, Four thousand Aberdeen fans not happy um, at Tannadice last week. That was a really surprising result. More so given the fact that Aberdeen have been playing pretty well, scoring goals. But as you said in last week's podcast, Aberdeen's away record is an embarrassment, and I use that word strongly because it is embarrassing. Two wins in 23 away games in the league is unacceptable for an Aberdeen side, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, one win in 15. And again, that win was at St. Johnston. So we did say that last weekend. Aberdeen not to be trusted on the road. But saying that, at home, they've been pretty solid this season in terms of scoring goals. They beat St. Mirren 4-1, Livingston 5-0, Kilmarnock 4-1. The only blip at home was a 3-2 defeat at home to Motherwell. And there's probably question marks now about is, is Jim Goodwin out of his depth at Pataudry? I guess time will tell, but still got plenty of time left yet. But it's a massive, massive game for Aberdeen. And I'm going to side with Aberdeen to get two goals here. Just on the basis, at home, they have been doing very, very well. 
Factor that in with the record against Hearts at home is very good too. I think they've scored two or more goals now in six of the last seven meetings between the sides at Pataudry. And then factor in Hearts' tough trip to Florence tomorrow night. So I just think this is set up for an Aberdeen win. 15-11, to 11, I think at SBK, best price to win the match, Aberdeen. But as you know, much prefer to take goals over the win-draw-win market. So uh, Aberdeen to score two or more goals is 6-4 to four with Skybet. Yeah, Paul, Aberdeen have been a real Jekyll and Hyde kind of team this season, looking really good at times, but then very capable of going turning in performances like last week, so 4 0 defeated in the United. Uh, I'm with Greg, I think Aberdeen probably look the bet here at home against Harps. Yeah, definitely. And uh, their defeat against Dundee United was just a fantastic result for us. There's lots of ACAs going on them. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people forgot that there were a, a six o'clock kickoff so that everybody was waiting on them uh, <laughs> to complete their complete their ACAs. Um, 11 to 10 away to Dundee United, everybody was just thinking that was a, the really good price. But as Greg says, their home side's been been really good this season. The travelling from Harps won't help them. Um, we were talking about anti-post bets at the, at the start of the podcast. One that we made an actually massive wreck on was, mm. uh, was Bojan Mivovsky to be top goal scorer in the, in the Premiership. We put him up at 66 to 1. Um so we're keeping him on side now. He's got seven goals. Thankfully, Kolak's got ten. So he might sneak a he might sneak a place, but he's on the penalties. Um, he, he's shown that he's settling into to Scottish football really well. He looks a looks a really good signing. Punters are backing him every week to score the first goal to score at any time, and uh, and a lot of the time he's he's been he's he's been filling the boots of the punter. So. Um, he looks a good bet again to to get on the score sheet, and uh, as I say, we're keeping him on side now. We're keeping him really short. Thankfully, uh, Kyogo for Selig scoring goals as well. So as I say, he might sneak that 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 third place, but we're, that was a massive mistake from us um, at the start. Obviously, I think we were also one of the first to put him in as well. So that makes it even more annoying. Yeah, it's Talk, talking about mistakes, price. I think the bookies often don't make that many mistakes, but they still happen. Uh, I think especially in the low leagues in Scotland, I think we capitalised yesterday on the Scottish Reserve Cup with Air United beating Hamilton, I think it was 5-2. to two. They went off at eventually Air. And Hibs were 11-2 to two away to Livingston. So mistakes do happen, and I think both those places were wrong, um, given the fact that we had access to, to team, line, team lineups. So mistakes do happen. In terms of this game, Paul Aberdeen... 13 to 10, I think they are. Greg's fancying goals over one and a half. Aberdeen goals at five to four. Um, in terms of singles, if people are having bets, how do you see the split on it? Do you see a lot of people siding with goals nowadays? Um, I mean, in play, in play, people will get involved in the goals over two and a half goals as each goal goes in. I mean, that's why we, I mean, that Liverpool Rangers game tonight. I mean, thankfully, the goals were so quickly that probably never got people a chance to 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 really get into it. But that's that's the ones that you really you you really don't like the, the in play bets where it ends up maybe four or five now that Dundee uh, that Dundee United. Uh, Dundee United Celtic game earlier on the season yeah. punters were just back in over four and a half goals then over five <laughs> and a half goals then over six and a half goals and you were still getting you were still getting basically maybe eight to 13 eight to 11 as the as the game was going on so you were still getting some good value on that um, and then punters were just rolling up their money each time so I mean that, that that's the sort of play that, that people all get involved in but in terms of, in terms of singles I mean our business is very much uh, is very much coupon based. It's people who like to put their bets on on a on a Saturday, pick their five or six teams, and a lot of them will include Aberdeen in it. Uh, nowadays, it's the bet builders that are popular in the in, in the the live TV matches. Obviously, this game's not live on TV, but from a, a single point of view, people will get involved in the, the a card bet builder, uh, a scorer bet builder with cards. So that that's. That's why they're so popular now. I mean, we're we're letting the side down dramatically compared to the other bookmakers who have now added to assists, uh, shots on target, and all that. I mean, that's something that that we are working on at the moment, and and we know that we we let our customers down with not having those those markets on there. But it's not easy when you need to get hold hold of the opta stats, and you you need to be able to. I mean, if we're worried about making making ricks on Scottish games outright and what have you, then think how many mistakes you could start making on shots on target and assists. Not in my ship at all. Not in my ship. Got no interest at all in any of those markets. Zero. I know a lot of guys do, but not for me. 
I think it's just from a bet builder point of view, yeah. though, Greg. Again, it just it just adds on a as we've always said before, why these these bets are so popular because they're always live until ninety minutes. As long as your player's still on the park, you're always yes. looking and thinking, well, he might get booked. Oh, that all you're needing is a last minute tackle to get booked. Likewise, a shot, you're just looking for a shot in the the last minute, and you could possibly still get up. So that that's why they're popular. It's giving you it's giving you enjoyment throughout the whole ninety minutes. Obviously, until he's subbed, and then and then that that, <laughs> that, that, that and then and then that that is your bet, Doug. But and that must uh, help you guys as well. To be fair, the fact that you've now got five subs. What really kind of irks me at the moment is that there's a lot in favour of the bookies at the moment. The five substitute rule, a massive massive win for the bookies, especially in card markets. Yeah. yeah. And secondly, VAR, because for me, the amount of goals you see disallowed on the continent that would have been a goal to bring in over 1.5 goals, a team to win over 2.5 goals is incredible. I think Syria uh, B, Syria A, uh, France, Germany, you see it all the time. Um, and I think the bookies definitely gain from the fact that VAR's in place now, without, without a doubt. <laughs> you got stats to back that up, Greg, or is that just your no. own personal, no, no, personal opinion? <laughs> I'm telling you right now, the VAR has definitely helped the bookie. Well, well, I'll sometimes be sitting there and thinking this goal better get disallowed, and then it's not get disallowed. So it goes the other way for 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 the bookies as well. Um, I mean, it's it, I suppose it's it would be good if VR was VAR was working properly, and then all goals that should be disallowed were disallowed, and all goals that should be scored were scored. But as we know, it's 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 brought it's in just as much as a goals eliminator, for me, and the stats will back it up, and I'm going to get the stats to, to show it, that it, it it prevents more goals than it creates. Yes, yeah, yeah, there will be more goals getting cancelled, but that but that just meant a lot of the time them goals shouldn't have been scored anyway, though, Greg, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, that's, that, that, is, that is part of it. Um, I mean, it's going to be coming into Scotland in, in the first it's game. It's the offside Johnson. ones that really, really irk me, the offside ones. Yeah. Offside by... Well, yeah, millimetres. Well, it's St. Johnson. St. Johnson Hibs is the first bar game in Scotland this season. Um, so that, that let the controversy commence in that. That'll be really much fun. Yeah, if we think it's been bad in Europe and, and down in England, just wait until it comes to Scotland. It's going to be chaos. Yeah, just wait till Willie Collum and Kevin Glancy get their hands on it then. And <laughs> big, big trouble. <laughs> Okay, I think we've covered the Premiership in enough detail. We'll have a, a look at a couple of games in the Championship which are catching the eye this weekend. First one is uh, Dundee v Air United. Dundee, I guess surprisingly at this stage, fifth in the table against Air United, who equally surprisingly, I suppose, are in are in second place. Uh, I believe Dundee are your team, Paul, but you're quite keen to go against them based on the price on Saturday. No, Dundee are in my team, no. no All right. Breaking City are my team. Um, Sorry, Dundee, you're a big team. Yeah, well, although <laughs> half of Twitter think I support Dundee, the other half think I support Dundee United. So, and then the other half think, well, then the next half think I support Celtic, and then the next half think I support Rangers. So, I think it just all depends on the type of tweet that you you sometimes send out. But we're talking about Ricks and Anti Post. I mean, this particular one was in the opposite direction. The price of Dundee to win that championship just looks in a complete and utter embarrassment now. Um, I mean, we it was a terrible shot. price, I thought. <laughs> well, no, and uh, obviously in hindsight, it was it was even worse than terrible. Uh, I mean, they've just been so so inconsistent, so bad. I mean, you just you, they have a good result, and you think, well, that that's it. They'll they'll get on a run, and then they go and lose another one. Um, so purely on price, although based on the 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 game at, at Somerset Park it's not just based on price here United were, were by far the better team they've got a fantastic uh, striker um, Akinyemi yeah um, he's, he's, he's looking a, a great a great addition to the, to the to the squad he's he's causing teams all sorts of problems um, and and there's just no way that that Dundee should be odds on for that game it just it's just again it's the bookmakers just making making a mistake. Now they might win the game, uh, but if you if you're managing to back Air United in a game like this at thirteen to five, um, I mean I think draw no bet as well. Um, thirteen to eight, draw no bet. I mean again, that's just such a such a good price to to be getting. Um, big park at Dens, uh, the, it's just a great opportunity for them to to get a result and and 
Uh, I think I think they're I think they've got a chance of winning that league. Um, I do. I think I think obviously if they could keep that striker in, in the January transfer window, but um, considering they were they were the outsiders in the, the the championship betting completely, I think they're they're putting in a good performance. I mean, they're the situation against Inverness Cali Thistle where they had um, twenty corners against Inverness Cali Thistle two games ago, um, and obviously and they lost. Yeah, they lost. But I mean, fair play. To, to, to Tam McManus, who, who does our podcast, he did say they were due to hammer someone, and they, and they, they obviously hammered Hamilton five 0 And again, he tipped up the corners in that game, and it was over ten, not just for air, but over ten, up by half time. Again, Somerset Park encourages corners, and and, and the, the tightness of that, they might not get as many opportunity opportunity at Dens, but uh, but yeah, no, I've been impressed with them so far this season. So that's that's one team I'll be backing. Not just on price, but I think I just think it's also that it's too big a price. Interestingly, Paul, once we get into League One and start speaking about them, fair one, there's another team whose price is absolutely disgraceful. But we'll get onto that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Greg, Paul mentioned uh, the United striker who's had a brilliant start to the season. I can yemi uh, ten goals, and sometimes at this level, that's all. It can, take to propel you up to the top of the league as a striker who's just banging in the goals. So he's got 10 goals up against Dundee who have scored, I think they scored two in every game at Dens Park so far this season. So perfect recipe for some goals. Yeah, and that's the angle I'm taking here. As Paul said, four defeats in 10 for Dundee is really, really poor. It's a massive game this for both clubs. And I would definitely agree with Paul, Dundee should not be odds on in this match. Off the back of two really disappointing away matches, they're going to go up as champions. You have to be beating Cove away and the Arbroath away. And to only pick up one point out of six in those two games is really disappointing. But they're back in home turf. Two wins and two draws. But as you say, they've scored two goals in each of their four home games. Scoring 11, which is fantastic. However, they've shipped eight goals. They lost three to Patrick Thistle, I think, in the opening day. Um, they lost two and they lost three against Verness. So defensively, question marks got to be asked. They've shipped four between Cove and Arbroath. In the last two matches. Uh, here, as you say, Akinyemi, the big question for them is, can they keep him? What, what's the deal with his, his contract? Will there be clubs stuffing about him in January? But as you say, it only takes half a good season to get a good move, or a good season to get a good move. And he'll be looking to keep him, obviously, um, beyond beyond January. Here themselves, I think they've scored over, there's been over 2.5 goals and both teams to score in all four air away games. So this has got the recipe for me for goals in this match. And I think we are getting just below evens on over 2.5 match goals here. Yeah, I think there's plenty of evidence to suggest that some goals in this one. I think they have scored two or more than seven of their nine as well. So, yeah, I think it's at 22 to 25, bit of a strange price at Unibet, but that's what you've picked out for over two and a half goals is the, the best price. Yeah, best price at Unibet. Um, I think it's probably 17 to 20 elsewhere. Okay. Uh, Paul, you also quite like the look of Partick Thistle there away to Hamilton, who are really struggling. They've won just one of nine. Thistle are still top of the table despite losing at Inverness. Uh, was that last Friday night? It feels like a long time ago now. Uh, but they've only won one of the last four. Thistle, um, just doing Thistle things, I suppose. Uh, but you're quite keep, happy to keep the faith with them at 11 to 10 on Saturday? Yeah, based purely on the fact how bad Hamilton have been in, in mm. recent weeks. Uh, and I think Park Thistle were unlucky against Inverness, Cali Thistle, when they had a man sent off. So you can't read too much into that that result. But more importantly, they have been scoring goals in, in the other games. Uh, so the fact that Hamilton shipped five against um, against Dare on Saturday. Um, I just think I, I, I was expecting them to be odds on, uh, and if I was looking at the bet, and I would be thinking, great, yeah, get Hamilton at ten eleven, and and sorry, get Park Thistle at ten eleven, uh, compared to Dundee. So you're looking at which one of those two looks the better bet, um, and, and I think it's it's Park Thistle. I think I think they'll want to bounce back after the the defeat against Inverness Cali. I think the the manager Ian McCall was quite quite upset with some of the, the, the way the refereeing was and the way he acted and, and I think he knows he needs to get back to, to winning ways. Um the fact that they are still top despite despite not having too many wins in, in recent recent weeks shows again how 
that's why we thought Dundee would walk this league because it does look quite a bad league and you just think you need to put four or five wins on the trot and you're going to be uh, steaming away with that. Um, but it just looks like no team no team wants to do that. I mean, Queen's Park also, they're only sitting one point off the, the top of the table but, but, but have really struggled in, in, in the last couple of weeks as well. So um, it's, it, is a, it is a real difficult league to, to have bets in because no one's shown any real consistency. But I think I think at this moment in time, Hamilton are really on uh, on a on a free fall, and uh, I think this will look a bit of value. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Greg is hardly could hardly be tighter at the top of the table. With three teams tied on seventeen, uh, and the top teams just this is the top five. I think are separated by just three points. And I think you're quite keen every week to point out that there's Dundee are the only team that are uh, odds on on Saturday to win. And even then, Paul's going against them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in terms of this league itself, the question you've got to ask yourself is, whoever goes up, are they going to be good enough to compete in the Premiership? And right now, for me, none of these clubs in the Championship are good enough for the Premiership. Whoever gets promoted will be there in merit, but for me, they come straight back down. There's no consistency, as Paul said. Anybody can be anybody on their day. It's a very competitive league. Not great for betting on, but I think in terms of this match on Saturday, part of this will kind of, I wouldn't say they bottled it a little bit, but they had a really good opportunity to push ahead a little bit um, on Friday night, and they failed to do so. I tried to get team news for Thistle's reserve game yesterday, but forgot I'm still blocked by the official part of Thistle um, <laughs> page. And I'm honestly not sure why. I've not said anything too um too derogatory or derogatory about them but for whatever reason they've, they've blocked me which i think find quite amusing but that said hamilton shipping goals for fun they've lost three in a row they've conceded i think two or more goals now in five of the last six games part of this so i've got goals in them you've got kevin hope brian graham scott tiffany anton dowd so there's definitely goals in that thistle side and to get five six to five on the Thistle to score two goals here, I think it's a great price. And I think I shared that on possibly Saturday night last week or first thing Sunday morning. And I'm surprised to see Thistle still sitting at eleven to ten to win the match. Yeah. It won't be that price come Saturday. They'll get back then to probably ten to eleven, four to five. Um but always good to get on the the early prices. Indeed. Uh, anything else catching your eye in the championship this weekend? Nothing else from me, no. Anything for you, Paul? No, nothing. Just those two games. Okay. Uh, we'll have a look at League One. FC Edinburgh are still top there, but there's plenty of teams lining up behind them. Big game of the weekend. Arguably, uh, match of the weekend in Scotland, dare I say it, is Dunfermline v FC Edinburgh. Paul, uh, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I mean, as I said, I think I think uh, Dunfermline are, are best bets to get a result in, in that league. Um I would be back. I wouldn't be getting involved in the game, but I think thirteen to twenty is, is fair enough. I think uh, I think FC Edinburgh have done really well to 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 be top of the league, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be too convinced of them being there near the near the end of the season. As I said earlier, I think it will be between Dunfermline and Falkirk. Would I want to back Dunfermline at thirteen to twenty? Probably not. But they'll be in they'll be in a lot of a lot of accumulators. Um, They've been getting. It's one of them, isn't it? I mean, well, Greg's obviously going to either slag off the the price of them at thirteen to twenty, or, or the price <laughs> of them to, <laughs> to 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 win the league. But um, they, they've they've been getting results. They've they've they're, they're still up there. I mean, they're they're a game in hand. If they win that, they'll go they'll go top of the league. So uh, they they are getting results. They're they're proving that they they're going to be up at the top of the the table throughout the the whole season. Um, Last weekend was a massive win at Alwa. It's not an easy place to go. Yeah. You know, last weekend. So that was probably their first really, really good performance of the season. I'd say probably their best performance of the season in terms of the scoreline. But they'd be getting the job done, I think, you should say, Paul. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. on that note, eight to thirteen, I think, is a scandalous price. Now, don't get me wrong. I think everyone's expecting Dunfermline to be up there coming into the, the season. I think Dunfermline are priced at eight to thirteen because they're, they're Dunfermline and not because of who they're playing. So Edinburgh City, FC Edinburgh, whatever you want to call them, five wins in six, 15 points in the last 18. They're top of the league. And I think it's just a bit disrespectful to have them firm when the short is 8-13. to 13. Over to you, Paul. <laughs> no, no I, I, 
again, if you're basing it on pure pure price, um, then then Edinburgh City would would definitely be worth a bet, and uh, it could be a losing value bet. Um, it's I just, just think the price is wrong. I think eight to thirteen. I think looking, I know four to six isn't much bigger than eight to thirteen, but I'd be looking for a little bit more on the Fairmont price just based on how Edinburgh City have performed over the last um, six games. But there'll be a popular bet on the Akers, I'm sure. Yeah, so I guess what we're saying is it's a no bet for us. Yeah. yeah I mean, no I'm bet. just looking at Edinburgh City now. They scored an 88th minute winner against Montrose. They scored in the 83rd minute against Peterhead. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so I mean, they've been getting a good, they've been getting good results, but again, if you if you delve into it, I think I think they've been they've been getting results, and but the, those games could have went could have went the opposite direction, and they'd be sitting further down the league. I think Dunfermline are going to be a team that, that could go on a good a good run, um, and, yeah. and, and and really cement their place at that top of the table. My other concern about FC Edinburgh when you look at those results is when they've been beaten, they've been really well beaten, Paul. Yeah. They've been beaten 4-1, 3-0, 3-0. You know, teams that win leagues generally don't suffer big defeats like that consistently across the season. I think they also get beaten quite well in the Cup by Queen of the South as well. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I'll go as far to say this, they won't even make the playoffs. In the I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think they're going to enjoy their time at the top of the table, but I think they're firm in Falkirk, Queen of the South, Airdrape and Troas will be too strong for them. Yeah. Okay, speaking of Queen of the South, Greg, they are at home to Peterhead. Um, I thought you might have gone in on Queen of the South, but then I looked at the price and they're just four to seven to win on Saturday. And I, I think that's a pretty good price. Do you? Yeah, I think it's not a bad price at all, given how poor Peterhead have been this season. They went on a little run of improved performances, but they've then just been battered 4-0 by Falkirk last weekend at home. So I think they're four to seven on Queen of the South's decent. I think Queen of the South were a bit unlucky last night to lose at Kelty Hearts. I think they missed a few chances in that match. But on home turf, long, long trip for Peterhead down to Dumfries. And the 4-7 would be probably say banking material for Iraq, I think, on Saturday. Okay. Uh, Paul, you've already spoke about how you expect Falkirk to still be up there come the end of the season. They've got a really tricky tie away at Montrose on Saturday. Yeah, definitely, and this will be a, a big test for them. Um, Montrose are again probably written off, but but they're so consistent in in this league one as well. So if you're beating them, then you know that you're your real title title contenders. Good thing for Falkirk is that they're they're back scoring goals again. Um, of four against Peterhead uh, at, at the weekend, uh, they got two against Falk against Clyde. Uh, obviously beat Partick as well in the the Challenge Cup. So uh, they've not conceded in the last three games as well, which which is which is a good run of form for for somebody who's who's going to be title contenders. And I think, as I said in the the original podcast, the reason people were backing them was because they just felt that that John McGlynn was just such a good manager, mm-hmm. um, and it does look like he's finally getting getting uh, something out with that squad, and that they're going to be they're going to be up there at the end of the season. Um, they should beat Montrose, and again, a decent enough price, but um, I'd probably want a little bit bigger if I was backing against Montrose uh, than the 7-4 on offer. Yeah, I always think Montrose are a, a difficult team at home. Remind me of Stranraer a bit, Greg. Yeah, definitely. A really tough game to call. I don't think Falkirk can be, can be trusted quite enough yet away from home at a tough place like Montrose. Yeah. OK, anything else in League One catching the eye, Greg? No, just um, I think it's a really decent card this weekend, and obviously moving into League Two, we've got a couple of bets from from that as well. Yeah, anything for you in League One, Paul? Before we move on, nope, nothing else in League One. Okay, let's have a look at League Two. Dumbarton still at the top, but the gap has been cut to just two points. And I suppose after I think it's three games without a win, the question, Paul, is have the wheels fallen off for, for Dumbarton? Well, I mean. Probably because of the fact now that Stirling Albion have went on a, such a good run and Stenhouse Muir uh, are, are on a good run as well. That's put pressure on them at the, the top of the table. I wouldn't write them off just yet. Uh, I mean, the, the, they're out, I think, 7-4 for the title. Um, considering they were odds on a couple of weeks ago, then obviously that's a, a big a big price and a big price change. Uh, but I really think it's just the fact that Stirling Albion have, have gone on a really, really good run. 
obviously hammered Dumbarton uh, on on Saturday, and uh, I think that's the only reason why um, I wouldn't be too confident of backing Dumbarton because they're not that far in front now. But they're, they're, they've still got good players. They're still a good team. Um, the fact that Albion Rovers had a, a long trip up to Elgin mm-hmm. on, on on midweek might count against them, but. Um, did a great result against Bonnie Regros on on Saturday. By all accounts, they were unlucky um, against uh, against Elgin in midweek. So, if if, if the if the players are not feeling too lethargic, I mean seven to two isn't a bad price if you have thought that Dumbarton's wheels have fallen off, and if uh, if if you think that they're they're not down tools, but if they're really struggling there, then. Uh, yeah, seventy-two looks pretty decent value for a team that's a, a, that you normally you would expect to be to be whipping boys. Yeah, I, I'm tempted to look at it earlier. I think if Dumbarton are going to get things back on track, they probably couldn't have picked a better game than a home match against Albion Rovers, against whom they've got a pretty good record, Greg. Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. Ideal team to play back at home, and they'll be looking to get their season back on track after what a sensational start was. It seven wins in the bounce, eight in the bounce. They're obviously a couple of tough weeks for them, Dumbarton. But yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised if Dumbarton have got three points here. Yeah, uh, and we're going to finish up, Paul, with what I think is looking like better of the weekend. Uh, it escaped my attention until you had sent through pre-podcast some of the selections that you had, and it's Elgin City at home before for Elgin. My, my question to you is, why are Elgin seventy-five based on the form of the two sides? I mean, it's astonishing, isn't it? I mean. I backed um, I backed Elgin at two to one to beat Stranraer on Saturday. Um, I backed them minus one at five to one, and when they went two 0 up, I thought, oh, this is just the bet of the season, absolutely fantastic. I mean, the run that Elgin were on, um, even though they weren't the win the games, they they were getting getting good results against against some of the teams. I mean, they, but now they've won four on the trot, uh, three in the league, including a, a four 0 victory against Peterhead in, in the Challenge Cup. Kane Hester, just probably gold too machine. good for this level. Yep, gold machine. Just and as we said earlier, if you've got a striker at, at this level who who's getting you 10, 15, 20 goals a season, then you're always going to be liable to 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 pick up points. And uh, they, they they're just on. They're just it's completely opposite ends of the 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 form the form table. Uh, Forfar were one of the fancies for the for the title this season, but. But are really, really struggling. So, if any team should be odds on, it should be Elgin. But you're getting seven to five, eleven to eight. I think it's a, a cracking bet. Do you think that those preseason odds are still shaping some of the thinking in terms of the pricing for these games? Probably, probably. Um, but I also think it's though in these in these leagues, it's funny. Uh, Obviously, somebody supplies the tissue. We can't put our own prices up because we can't create ARPs. I mean, it would in an ideal world, Betfair wouldn't exist, and uh, <laughs> and you could put up the price that you thought was the the correct price, and yeah, then and then yeah. see how it goes. Um, I mean, we've had this conversation before. I could tell you exactly what teams are going to be backed. In an ideal world, I'd already be odds on Park Thistle, for example. Yeah. I'd be odds on on Elgin, but we 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 can't go that because. It's like selling selling shares. You've got to keep within the within the market range uh, in order to 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 operate a business. So I just think a lot of the times people, the, the, whoever creates this tissue, don't like create going odds on too many teams in in mm-hmm. Scotland. They they just assume right. I've got to bet to this percentage. It looks a reasonably tight game. Let's just go. Seven to five, thirteen, eight, sort yeah. of thing. Rather than just putting their necks on, yeah, rather than putting their necks on the line and saying, and a lot of the times they'll just say, "Oh, we'll let the market decide." Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, the championship and League Two this season, Paul. Every single week, I would say out of the ten sides in each league, I would say no more than two of the sides every week have been odds on. Yeah, 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 and and you'd look at it and think, well, they probably should be odds on. Oh, yeah, I'd think fancy them to be odds on, but. I, I think I think a lot of the times it is that they just don't want to, to put their neck on the line too much and then, as we've said before, they'll wait and see who the boys in Asia want to back or the big syndicates want to back. And again, it's fine for us who are concentrating on Scottish football and, and are using that as a, our our uh, levels of expertise. But again, another reason why McBookie's a success and why, why we created McBookie, 
English punters aren't looking at Elgin City for 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 a, for a bit of bit of value. What they'll eventually do is is go down the league and say, "All right, where are they in the league? Oh, well, I include them in Maaka." Is a team winning six games? Dumbarton probably would have been including a lot of English and Irish and Welsh customers because they'd won seven on the trot and that they were top yeah. of the league. But and it, the amount of money that's traded on these games uh, in the early part of the week isn't enough for for the bookies, the bigger bookies, your Sky Bet, your Bet Three Six Five, to really to, to really concern themselves with getting the the price completely right, which is why Greg's so successful and why the other Scottish tipsters tipsters are so successful because they are putting the, the time and energy into it, um, and and they're allowing to 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 pick up on the mistakes. I need to frame that, Paul. A compliment from a bookie. <laughs> I'm never sure if that's a good thing, Greg, but we'll, <laughs> yeah, take, we'll, it. we'll take it. Uh, so just on this match, yeah, Elgin 75 at the moment. I suspect it won't be that price by the time this goes off. They've only been beaten once uh, since the open day of the season, Greg, and they're up against the four-first side who have lost six of the last eight, uh, lost six and drawn one of the last eight. So, yeah, just it seems like an obvious bet to have on Saturday. It really does. I, th- I think it is a league where it's very high risk teams to win in this league because, as Paul said, anybody can be anyone on their day in this league and in the lot of leagues in Scotland. I guess from a personal point of view, really pleasing to see Elgin doing really well. Um, obviously, Gav Price from Perth, um, assistant manager Jim Muir, yeah. who I'm close friends with as well. So it's good to see two Perth boys um, doing well up at Elgin. And I guess for them this season... As always, it's probably about just trying to get into the playoffs, but a very, very tight league, and we really have no idea at this stage who's going to end up in that top four spot. It's very, very tight. Yeah, I wonder how long it will be before we're asking for odds on Gav Price's next St. Johnson manager. I tell you what, though, <laughs> I guarantee we'll be sat here in two months' time, and Elgin have gone on a five-match losing run. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, that's what happens in this league. Teams go on good runs and, and really poor runs. Elgin got a lot of travelling to do, so come the, the the height of winter, I would not be surprised to see Elgin on a, a really poor run. Not just Elgin, some of the other sides as well. It's a really, really... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? A tough league. It's a tough league. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Uh, okay, so let's hope. Volatile story. Volatile was the word I was looking for. Yeah, I was worth the wait. To be fair, <laughs> um, let's hope that losing run doesn't start this weekend. Paul, uh, we'll mm-hmm. take the we'll take the seventy five right now on Elgin to beat Forfar at the weekend. Um, anything else in League Two before we wrap up there? Well, well just the, sorry, on you go, Paul. Yeah, well, the other big game is is Stenhouse Muir v Stirling Albion, the two foreign teams in in the league at the moment. Um, I mean, the, the run that Sterling Albion on is just fantastic. Again, Tam, who does our, our podcast, said that, that Sterling Albion were playing really well against teams, but just struggling to, to, to score any goals. And it seemed that they were drawing a lot of games and getting beat. So it looked like they, they probably weren't going to be proper title contenders. But they went on they went on a superb run in recent weeks, capped off by that, that superb performance against Dumbarton. So I think... I actually think whoever wins this this game on on Saturday might end up going on to win the league. I think I think this even though it's still early in the season, and even though we're saying that that the league's such a, a volatile league and and that there's so, so so much inconsistency, I do think that this could be whoever wins this league could really get an edge on on going on and winning it. Yeah, it's so tight in there. Uh, Greg, anything from you for League Two? Oh yeah, I think League Two has been a a really great league for us over the last two or three weeks. So no surprise at all to learn my Scottish nap is from League Two. And that involves the match at Annan v Stranraer. Stranraer have been brilliant for us. I think they've probably landed four winners in a row for us over the last month or so. Uh, so that's the nap that's been shared on the channel. And I've also got a double involving the Stenhis Muir v Stirling game that Paul has just mentioned and uh, doubled up with the Elgin versus Forfar match. So both those bets, um, I think it's a nine to ten bet and a five to two double have been shared on the channel. Okay, we'll have a wee plug of the channel before we wrap up at the end of the podcast. Uh, I think that's just covered everything. Greg, can you give us a wee recap of your bets and then I'll get Paul's bets for the weekend as well. Yes, we're starting off in the Premiership on Saturday. I'm taking Hibs over 3.5 match corners at Celtic Park and that's even money with bet 365. Um, moving on to Sunday, 
I'm taking Aberdeen over 1.5 match goals at 6-4 to four as the host hearts. We'll also have a corners angle from the Ross County v Dungeon United match. And I may also have an angle from Motherwell versus Rangers on the bet builder. Moving into the championship, Dundee v Ayr over 2.5 match goals at 22 to 25 with Unibet. And finally, I'm taking part at Thistle over 1.5 match goals as they travel to Hamilton, and that's 6 to 5. And as I've already mentioned, we've got a Scottish nap from League Two and a double from League Two as well. Yeah. Okay, and Paul? Yep, my three selections are Air United to beat Dundee at 13 to 5, Partick Thistle to beat Hamilton at 21 to 20, and Elgin to beat Forfar at 7 to 5. Treble pays just over 16 to 1. And I've convinced myself I'm going to be back in Albion Rovers at 72 <laughs> to beat them back. And it's going to be either the bet of the season or a complete <laughs> blowout. But just going by the result against Bonnie Rigg last week and by all accounts how well they played against Elgin in, in midweek, um, I'm going to take the risk that the and wheels have fallen off and that, that they're a bit of value. We will take a note of that one, Paul, eh, for your next appearance on the podcast. <laughs> and we'll bring it up, we'll cast it up one way or another. Eh, so good luck with that, fingers crossed. Eh, that's us for this week's podcast. And don't forget, you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84. Greg, where you'll find details of how to join his private channel. And I think we've probably explained enough over the course of the podcast as to how great a season things, eh, things have been going so far this uh, season for us so make sure you get involved there and of course if you've not already got a MakeBookie account then get along to MakeBookie.com and open an account there where you may get an invite to join the Tartan Club Paul Yep, Tartan Club uh, Coupon Buster Cashback, Runner Up Cashback, free bets on all the, the live Scotland games all the live big uh, games in the SPFL so plenty, plenty offers for the Tartan Club members yeah, especially if you enjoy betting on Scottish football, which I assume most of you do, given you're listening to this special Scottish edition of the podcast. As I say, that's us for this weekend. Thank you very much for listening and best of luck with your bets this weekend. Cheers, guys, and good luck. Bye.